0: To another episode of mentor musings i'm jc and as always i'm joined by my co-host brett hey brett hey good morning jc how are you doing great um Excellent. so brett we uh, we had an interesting conversation over twitter and i think this would be a fascinating subject i know it's something that we get asked about a lot and it's an area of expertise for you so there was a statistic that i found uh that says that when interviewed cmos and the heads of marketing teams uh, are defining their primary role as a revenue generation, that they are the, the team responsible in a company, um, not just a startup, but a big business uh, for generating revenue. So 75% say that their team is responsible, but then 25% are saying that sales is actually responsible for revenue generation. And you had an interesting response to that. and I wanted you to share that with the community and let us kind of uh, weave our way through this topic together.
1: Yeah, this is kind of a passion point for me. I think it was more of a rant, if I remember right. <laughs> you know, it. Is, I mean, I think one of the the taglines was, you know, sales and marketing are still talking about alignment, man, it, it's over, right? The customers don't care if you're aligned. They don't care what a marketing qualified. They don't care about any of that. And one of the missions I've been on, and I feel like I've been having this conversation for 10 to 15 years, is the integration of sales and marketing. And I get it. Large organizations, they grew up siloed. They've got their own objectives on budgets but you know the, the today's customer doesn't care especially in the b2b world well, definitely in the b2c world but b2b is getting really close to that and so i think what i've been encouraging a lot of folks and we can get into maybe a few of the specifics i actually coach and talk about is think of an integration not as a standalone they're not standalone sales marketing branding it's one right this is really your demand generation is going to come through this and you can just think of it as a single organization you can worry about tactics later but but don't fall into that trap of two distinct orgs or functions it's one right it's really connecting with customers and helping them drive through the through the process
0: Yeah, I would say, you know, one of the things as we talk about startups, you know, relative to this, this kind of misaligned opportunity that sales and marketing have as you as you mature as an organization with startups, you know, you're at that acorn level stage where you can really as the founder or or one of the early executives and leaders influence and and, and avoid this becoming an issue in the future. And it's funny because when you're a founder, uh, as I like to say, you know, you wear a lot of hats. You actually wear usually all of the hats. And... um, at at the point that you start, you are sales and you are marketing. And so how you wear those hats and importantly, when you take those hats off and how you hand those hats to someone else is what's really going to inform this. So, you know, uh, it's kind of like, okay, well we take the issues, you know, as we fast forward to where your company hopefully will be and kind of experiencing that misalignment and, and becoming an organization at a scale where, oh my God, we need to avoid this. You can do things right now and how you execute the role and the function of sales and marketing but also in how you you evolve and hand those things over to other people to make sure that doesn't you know kind of pop up so you know i'm curious you know brett one of the topics that i know founders ask about a lot is closing that first deal so you're in a marketing role you're in a sales role what are your thoughts what do you tell founders now as they approach closing that that very first deal to validate the business to actually transact what are you telling them as far as guidance? And, and, and kind of facilitating that the correct way.
1: Yeah, and I think I think there's a couple of pieces. I actually had this conversation with, with a founder this week talking about it. was really geared towards sales, but it was really kind of a hybrid conversation, right? Because you really can't talk about sales in your product without thinking about how you market it, right? And, and connect with those customers. And so maybe we could just one quick step, step back is, as we get to interact. Well, you and I know that I like to break things down into simple formats, right? It's easy to see, easy to understand. And then I think we can we can dig into kind of the next component of closing the sale. But, you know, first I tell the founders, you gotta, you gotta be crystal clear on the problem you're solving for the customer, right? If you can't articulate that, everything else is gonna be super difficult. And if you can't articulate it, maybe it's not a strong value prop, but you know, one, what's the problem you're solving for the customer? How do you solve it? More importantly, how do you solve it differently than the competition, which we talked about last week, whether it's do nothing or some other people in the marketplace and have some proof points, even if it's one person, two people, three customers in the early days, somebody that you can refer back to that is actually doing this today to kind of validate what you're talking about. So again, at at the super level, figure this out as a team, or if you're a solo founder, whatever it is, this is, I think, priority number one. I'd love to get your perspective on it. Because if you can't get to this point, it's going to be really hard and a much bigger struggle than it needs to be as you try to start closing sales early on by yourself. And then as you start to, to scale the company, the entire org needs to be able to, to communicate this.
0: I think you're absolutely correct, Brett. Uh, Finding and identifying that strategic advantage is critical. And what's funny, and I think it's important, is that a lot of times before founders generate and close that first sale and after, that that alignment or that vision of what your strategic advantage is or your competitive advantage is might change just over the course of one deal. And so that's why I always tell founders, in addition to kind of drawing those lines of demarcation and saying here's how we are different here's how we approach this um it's also important to recognize that your competitive advantage will shift and and generating the sale in and of itself is not the only goal right the transaction and 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 obviously it's important but what's even I'll say as or maybe even more important is that you're generating insights that you're listening to what people are telling you um, so that you can identify hey is this really my competitive advantage is this really the expressed value is this the most valuable piece of what i'm delivering so when you think about generating that first deal yes it's about momentum yes it's about validation but you actually should be focused on learning from that experience and reorganizing and refocusing your strategy accordingly. So if if you get feedback from a customer um, and they tell you an insight about an alternative product that they're using um, and why your platform kind of addresses that for them, or inversely, let's say you have a potential customer who doesn't go with you and and they tell you why. You may generate an insight into an alternative or to a competitor that helps you redraw those strategic lines. So don't just focus on completing the transaction. Don't just commit and say, this is our competitive advantage. It absolutely could change, but what you wanna do is gain insights to either validate that advantage or change that advantage into the next conversation. About it.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think even a, maybe half a step further, right? Sometimes the most valuable lessons come from why they don't buy from you, right? Too often we get focused on, hey, they're buying this. No, it's a little bit different than I thought. But there's a lot of value in gold in the folks that don't buy from you, right? Whether it's not a priority for them, you're not articulating, or the customer is doing something different that they prioritize. So don't diminish the no's. <laughs> right because there's a lot and maybe even more value to be gleaned from some of those less successful, you know, sales calls.
0: Absolutely. And again, what I what we know is this is that completing that first transaction is worth one unit of progress, but gaining an insight whether it's a positive or negative outcome to that transaction can generate Many units of momentum, right? Like, like oh what gosh. you learn in that moment can actually produce twenty sales, fifty sales, a thousand sales in the future, right? So uh, it really is important to think in that early stage because you are the founder, you are the person, you're the you're the you're the entrepreneur who's going to be generating those insights and providing that context. You know, you can't you can't outsource that too quickly. Even if you hire a sales associate, you may miss out on some of that context. So I know a lot yeah. of founders, they they either reluctantly or, or at least are indifferent towards selling, that they, they, most people don't prefer to do it. It's, it's not a career path that most people seek out, but it's a fundamentally important part, not just because you don't have to hire a sales associate to execute this, but because if you're not the one completing that interview, completing that process, you might miss out on these, these really great, uh, these really great and important insights. So Brett, you're absolutely uh, correct. Completing that transaction is important, but, but also recognize the value of, of the no.
1: Yeah. And I think too, kind of pit, not even pivoting, just a nice segue from that is I find a lot of these founders can be highly inefficient <laughs> in their approach to who they're calling on the sales and prospects. And, you know, one of the things I advise, and I would love to get your, your perspective as well is, you know, if you're going after four, the way I kind of, I, put prospects into four tiers, right? One of the founders are really good at selling into their own network. So tier one, people who know you know they have a problem all day, every day, those are the people you should probably be prioritizing. And then I've got kind of a two A and two B, you know, our prospects that know you but don't know they have a problem. So you got to think about, you know, an education that, hey, I could actually be more efficient if I solve this problem or on the flip side know they have a problem but they don't know you that becomes a branding opportunity and awareness how do you create awareness that you have a solution that gears to it and then the last is don't know you don't know they have a problem shelve them run away (laughs) you know at some point maybe they come around you create some education but just the the massive amount of effort to get somebody pulled into that at the early stages isn't worth it. And this is where I come back to the kind of the marketing piece of it. even though it's small, you're talking about your solution. If you're having a conversation with somebody that's not aware of you, then you gotta have some sort of content that's kind of the branding that talks about how you, not even you, you just how people are solving the problem. And then on the flip side, if it's an awareness or a, an educational issue, some content of how other companies are solving, this is what we see every day. And again, it can be simple, but powerful to be able to one, know. Who you're talking to, know where they fit on those four tiers, and then have a much more strategic approach to have how you have those conversations. I know it sounds simple, but I guarantee you're going to save a lot of time if, if you're able to kind of segment and prioritize like this.
0: Yeah. And, and, and you know, we talk about sales as, as kind of a skill and then marketing as, as kind of a, a, a unit or a division of, of function and operations. But you're absolutely correct, whether you're especially B2B, but even in, in direct to consumer companies as well. You are going to almost exclusively market first a one to one to one ratio, right? In in the marketing world, it's called account based marketing, right? Um, uh, And even in the consumer focused world, you are essentially, if not literally one person, like one profile, like a very specific group of people. And it takes a while for some of those one to one marketing initiatives to be able to generate enough insights to build the right one-to-many strategy so you know one of the things in my world that i deal with is this idea of digital marketing and founders feeling this compelling drive to want to start spending on pay-per-click and social ads and direct marketing spend and i understand why but remember two, two things when that happens number one you haven't generated enough insights to optimize that process so you're going to waste a tremendous amount of money money by the way which you don't have but number two is that like you were talking about, you may miss out on what you need to build from a branding standpoint. Like what good is that traffic? What good is that eyeball? What good is that meeting if you don't have the brand or the content or the whole package of, of kind of, delivery of narration that will help compel them to actually want to transact. So it's very important that when you start in this stage zero acorn level marketing and sales process, that you really walk at it and don't try to rush that one to many strategy too quickly, because you're going to miss out on insights and you're not going to mature and develop your brand and your content organically. So that when you do start generating massive traffic, you can actually convert and not just have it be wasted dollars on marketing.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point and and so valid and especially in the early days as you're starting to, even in New the the more legacy older brands still struggle with this, right? Because if, if a customer prospect doesn't know you and you're S- selling with a call to action, it's not to succeed. But a stat I came across, cause we know we love stats on this, this program is, you know, at any given point, your ideal target market, only 3% are actually buying or ready to buy, 3%. So, which means if you're going to a call to action, or if you just, you know, mass number of people making sales calls, you're gonna be one, highly inefficient, And you're not going to have a lot of success. So, if you are going to do some digital, I think, you know, I'm a big believer in content marketing and starting SEO and the organic. I know it's a longer tail, but the earlier you start it, the better off you're going to be. But, you know, have a digital strategy, but don't rush to the, the the demand generation side, right? People don't see the instant gratification from, you know, an awareness campaign or branding campaign, but there can be value in it. So it's really where you prioritize your dollars, but in the early days, if it's still founder led selling, you know, I would recommend the content <laughs> that you can send out ahead of time or have it on the website for those two or three specific things and then start to build it out. Um, And I think next time we'll probably maybe get in deeper. This is really founder led at this point. So the early stage, and, you know, we can spend probably another half hour on, you know, once you start to make that pivot, you know, some of the best practices and what we recommend, but yeah, it's a good point that we live in that instant gratification world. And yet there's, there's some more foundational stuff that you just have to do. There's really no shortcuts unless you've got that unicorn product, but guess what? People are probably going to find it anyway. And, you know, I don't remember, I think the unicorn one more step for you. I know I'm rambling, but, (laughs) you know, I think, it's less six one hundredths of one percent of all funded companies get to a billion dollars in sales right so taking a, a an economical or a unit economics growth to profitability is so much better for for your company and again i, I don't know Uh, You get me on my soapbox, but, (laughs) you know, but just think of it, it's it's a longer tail game and you've got to build for it. But as limited resources, we understand how, you know, that can be uh, challenging at times.
0: Well, I I know, again, this is a topic for you, Brett, that you you evangelize, you carry the flag for, and you help so many founders through your practice and, and through coaching and investing through this exact topic. So I can guarantee everyone it's going to be a topic that we're going to revisit. You know, today was kind of that phase zero, stage zero, but I definitely want to hear your thoughts about as you cross that threshold, you know, going from zero to 1 million, but then going from 1 million to 10 million. That's an entirely different trajectory. And so some of these strategies, there'll be some continued truths, but in that next phase, I think they're going to change. So I think what we'll do is we'll we'll leave it there for now. And and we will revisit this topic into that next stage. But in the meantime, I want to thank everybody for joining us. I want to encourage you to subscribe, hit the bell button, like this video and share this video. You guys, if you're a founder, if you are a mentee, you can also be a mentor. So if there's someone else out there who you think is struggling or has questions about the right way to execute that initial sales and marketing strategy or any of the other topics that we've covered so far send this video to them be a mentor engage in the fraternity of founders and be part of the solution for them and then in the meantime also engage with mentor musings on twitter at mentor musings find brett and i on clubhouse find us on twitter personally on linkedin we are available we are here we are a resource and we are an ally. So uh, we'll leave it there. Brett, thank you for joining as always. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Mentoring. Yeah,
1: Thanks, JC. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers. Bye,
0: guys.